Welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast, a podcast for Black entrepreneurial women who crave practical information that they can apply to their businesses and lives. I'm your host, Khalida Dubose, and in this podcast, I want Black women and women of color to learn to thrive. That means first learning what's possible for them and then figuring out how to make it happen. Today, I have a special guest, Olivia Owens, and we're going to get into all of the things you need to know about crowdfunding and how to leverage this tool for your business. Olivia is the creator and general manager of iFund Women of Color, a platform designed to help women of color raise capital through crowdfunding, grants, coaching, and the connections needed to launch and grow successful businesses. As a founding team member of iFund Women, Olivia's leadership brokered critical partnerships with companies like Unilever, Visa, and Adidas to help scale the platform. She supported the creation of iFund Women's proprietary coaching program and helped build out what has become one of the nation's largest connected communities of women business owners. Welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar, Olivia. Thank you. Excited to be here and excited to talk all things crowdfunding. Right. I finally get to nerd out with somebody on this. (laughs) All right. So I have transitioned into away from crowdfunding coaching in the last probably six, seven months and more into business coaching because really sales strategy is where it's at for me. And so I was super excited to have you come on the show and speak about crowdfunding because you're a person who's in the trenches every single day. You're seeing what's happening and knowing like all the latest information. So I'm super happy to have you here. And I purposely kept your bio somewhat short (laughs) so that I could give you the spotlight. We spoke the other day and I was super in love with your story. So I would love it if you would just tell everybody a little bit about your background and how you became the GM for iFund Women of Color. Absolutely. I have been particularly excited for this conversation because it's rare that I get to nerd out with somebody about crowdfunding. So um, this is probably going to be one of my favorite podcasts that I do. But um, in terms of my story, so I was the first hired iFund Women outside of the co-founders, really focused on A, marketing, but also coaching women entrepreneurs on crowdfunding, how and why they should do it. Um, And as we progressed with the business about three years in, we took a look at the data and recognized that while women of color represented about 70% of the women on our platform, they only represented about 30% of the funds being raised. And so while we see a similar funding disparity play out on other funding platforms, um, we said, not on our watch, we can do something about that. And so, um, we launched iFund Women of Color in January of 2020 um, with the understanding of the unique obstacles that exist for women of color when it comes to accessing capital, particularly through crowdfunding. It requires you to leverage your network. And if you don't feel like you have a network you can turn to, it can feel like an inaccessible tool. And then the other side of it is it requires you to make the ask and lean into vulnerability, which Oftentimes for women of color, that's not a must. We have the luxury to flex. We're told, put your head down, grind it out, work really hard. But crowdfunding says, put your vision out there and ask people to believe in it and not just believe in it, but pay you for it. Um, And so with our... With our program, we've been able to accelerate women of color to actually launch and execute crowdfunding campaigns. And in our first year, we were able to move the needle on our cumulative funding volume. Women of color now represent 51% of the funds raised on our platform over the past four years. So um, proud, I think we look at these massive systemic issues and wonder where do we even start? And um, I think this has just been such a strong proof point for 
listen to the community, ask them what they need, and then create solutions that address those things directly. Yeah, I, and that's why I love your story so much because firstly, I didn't realize that the platform had so many women of color. I was always kind of under the assumption that like women of color weren't really they didn't really know about crowdfunding. And I know that's still true. That still holds true that a lot of people really have a lot of misconceptions about crowdfunding and we'll get to those. But to know that they were like 70%, but then they weren't raising the funds, you know? And I love, love, love that now that's up to 50%. That's super powerful. That's just such a testament. And you got to give the ladies at iFundWomen a high five for me, Karen and what's the others? Absolutely. Uh, Karen, Kate, and Sarah are the, yeah. are the three co-founders. Absolutely. And I think the the other piece there is the numbers don't really surprise me just considering who is starting new businesses. Right. Um, it's majority women of color and we're hungry for tools and resources on how to build a business. And so a lot of the crowdfunding coaching that we do, we've since uh, expanded out to just business coaching because a lot of the work that you do for crowdfunding is laying the foundation of your business. Um, and so we're getting them to the point where like, okay, now you have the foundation, let's raise some initial capital for it. Absolutely. I 100% agree. That, that's so true. It's all business foundations. Okay. So you basically have helped build out the coaching program for for iFund women. And I we both know how important coaching is, but I think especially in crowdfunding because I mean, relatively speaking, crowdfunding is still kind of new, and I think in our communities is still very very new. So, tell me a little bit about what was the thinking there? Like, why did you think it was so important and how that led to creating the program? Sure. So, I mean, you don't learn how to crowdfund anywhere. The information isn't really accessible. You see the campaigns you see that they raised X amount of dollars from Y amount of people, but you don't know how. And so I think from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, well, they just created a campaign and created some pretty graphics and created this, these rewards and then put it out there. And people in the internet, what we like to call magical money elves, came in and sprinkled money into their campaigns. And it's absolutely not the case. Um, there's so much strategy and pre-work that goes into it. And so we've always seen coaching as a core part of being able to crowdfund successfully. We, we also know that women on our platform who invest in our coaching and, and video services raise 27x the crowdfunding industry average. So we just know that Coaching is going to make you more successful. We've, we've proven that out. And we've developed a method that we take our entrepreneurs through that really break it down and distill it for you. Because in our crowdfunding 101, I can just see how overwhelmed people are by all of the information. But also, they're so thankful because they're like, wow, this is... I didn't even think about that. There's so much that you haven't considered because you aren't familiar with how it works and it is pretty formulaic. Um, there are definitely things that you want to customize for your business, but um, we're giving you the the playbook, uh, quite literally. We have a playbook that you can use. Yeah, this is so true. I mean, even when I was coaching people, I thought, okay, I'm just going to coach people. You know, they're coming and they want to crowdfund. But what's really going on here is... I mean, you're, you have to teach people like really business, like marketing and, you know, there's so many things and depending on what they're crowdfunding, they might have all this manufacturing stuff going on in the background. And then they're trying to figure out how do I like be front facing in front of customers to build a community <laughs> to do anything. So it's quite a 
job. And that's why, you know, I'm, I love that there's a platform, kind of an all-in-one platform, and it's really geared towards women because we know there's lots of platforms out there. But I Fund Women, in my opinion, was the one that was doing the most teaching. So it was the one that I was always referring, like, when I had a client, I'd be like, okay, we're going to crowdfund on I Fund Women, you know? So before we get too far into this, let me have you define crowdfunding because it's still something that needs definition. So I'll have you do yes, that really quick. <laughs> for sure. So crowdfunding is when you raise small increments of money from lots of people that you know that adds up to just enough money to achieve a specific goal. And by a specific goal, I don't just mean a dollar amount. It's what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish in your business? Are you trying to open a space? Are you trying to manufacture your first line? Are you trying to build a membership platform? What's that goal that you're looking to push forward in your business? And how can you use crowdfunding to do that? Nice. And that's a perfect segue into asking about what are your thoughts around crowdfunding for service-based businesses? Because I... I think it's pretty clear to people when they want, when we see, you know, campaigns out there for something that's a physical product, but what about the service base? Absolutely. A question that we get all the time and we see service-based businesses do really well on our platform um, because so we're, we're talking about rewards-based crowdfunding here too, which I think is right. another kind of drill down a little bit. So there's rewards-based crowdfunding where you're selling product, products, services, content experiences in exchange for cash for your business versus equity-based crowdfunding where you're selling those same things, but you're giving away equity in exchange for the investment. And so where Women lives is in the rewards-based crowdfunding space. And so when it comes down to your reward strategy for the campaign, it's what are the different things that you can monetize? That can be content, that can be one-on-one -on -one coaching, that could be a masterclass, that could be a membership to your community platform, that could be beta access to your app. Um, there are just so many different ways and crowdfunding really gives you so much leeway and flexibility and opportunity for creativity around the different things that you can sell. But I know that that's the hardest part for the entrepreneurs. And the irony, that's why coaching is so valuable because that's really the easiest part. It's about understanding who are the people in your network and what are the different things that they would like to buy? Oftentimes, it's what are they already asking you that you haven't monetized yet. Um, if your friends are always coming to you for cooking recipes, make a digital cookbook, sell that. If your friends are always asking you for fashion advice, do closet makeovers with them. If your friends are always asking you for business advice, sell your business coaching services. So we actually see service-based companies do really well once they understand the flexibility they have when it comes to crowdfunding. Yes, that's beautiful. Do you happen to know like what the breakdown of service face it versus um and you might not, but um yeah, service I'll, off the top I don't. I would say that I would say that iPhone Women probably leans more heavily service based than other platforms out okay. there. Um and I think that's because and I think even if you go on our platform, you'll see naturally just a lot more service-based businesses because we've created a model that I don't necessarily think other crowdfunding platforms have um, communicated or strategically laid out a format where those businesses could be successful. Right. Yeah. I was asking that question too, because I really want women who listen to this episode to really be encouraged that there is a way, there's a formula 
and there's a way that you need to do things and there's a lot to think about you know what you have the time and energy to put into as far as like your reward system but there's a way you know and i think a lot of times when i would go to like these online crowdfunding conferences a lot of what was being put out there was like no 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 it's not really good to crowdfund for your service but then i would be like uh uh-uh, uh because <laughs> you know i saw them do it over on iphone women or I've helped like three clients do that, you know? So I just wanted to like highlight that, I guess. So, yeah. um, I also think that the beauty of our platform is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have so many campaigns on there. Find the one that's similar to what you're trying to build and figure out how you can customize it to your business and your audience. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's just talk about like trends in in crowdfunding. And I know we're not like really getting into like what exactly is crowdfunding. We will dispel some myths, which I hope will kind of give people a better idea. But what about industry trends right now? Like what is there anything new that you're seeing in crowdfunding or anything that's kind of on the upward trend that is good for business owners right now to take advantage of? I think that in general, we are moving towards a community first business model, building the community before you even figured out what the specific product or service is going to be is so valuable because the reality is your business is going to change, pivot, transition. And if you've built the community first and they're there for the value of the community, they're going to ride with you in whatever direction you're going because they already understand the value of what it is that you're doing. I think the hardest um, part about crowdfunding is when you come to the table and you haven't spent any time building a network or building a community, it makes it that much harder to figure out where those funds are coming from. And I have definitely seen a trend of people coming to us and they're, and they're like, oh, well, I already have the community. I just need to figure out how to crowdfund. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> like we're, we're seeing, we're seeing it finally happen where people understand the value of building community first. Um, because those that's, they're going to also help you figure out what product or service needs to exist. They're going to be your your beta testers, your customer discovery, all of it. Um, and then that puts you in the position where you're, you're building products and services for the people who you already have. And you're not building the product and then trying to find the people. Um, because the other thing is, if you can't find the customers before the product or service exists, they're not going to materialize after it does. Um, and then also building community is cheap. Um, so you're not spending years and years and thousands of dollars of your money to try to uh, build a product. You're just investing in building the community first. Right. You're right. I think you're right. Like in the when, you know, crowdfunding was pretty new, like 2012, 13, you would see a lot of people just think, all right, let me just throw something up online. And that that was all that was everybody. That was products. That was services. That was nonprofits. Let me just throw something online and then people were going to come. And I remember even telling nonprofits, like, no, like, what is your brand? Like, why should I trust you? Who are you? Like, first of all, we don't even, I remember when I was first introduced to crowdfunding thinking, what is a scammy site? Like, <laughs> who's asking me for money? Which is kind of funny because I actually gave the site money. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just like praying that my credit card would be safe. And I like checked it for a week after I'm like, nothing <laughs> happened, <laughs> you know, but and that was kind of my introduction. And then when I actually realized what was crowdfunding, my immediate thought was, okay, the way I consume and the way I shop, you know, is that I'm going to give to something that I care about. And who are you? Like, get to know me. Like, 
you know, and I didn't know to say it in those ways, but like when I became a coach, I'm like, so tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, like build some, build a digital footprint, you know, let us know about, yes. Sell people on your mission. You know, we're not all selling the same thing. You're not always selling a product or service, but you're selling a mission sometimes, you know? So what about concerns in the industry? Is there anything that concerns you right now about the industry? I think my biggest concern is there's this question of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the funding or the the product or service. And the reality is you have to prove some type of demand, some type of traction to get any type of capital, whether that's crowdfunding, whether that's VC, whether it's a bank loan, people want some type of tangible proof of what it is that you're looking to build. And I just think that there maybe isn't enough time spent in investing in the early stage. And like Mm -hmm. a lot of the resources created are for the people who are doing 100K um, and annual revenue, but the average annual revenue of a Black woman doing business is 24K. So there's just like a disconnect in the funding space around the funding opportunities that are being created and who actually needs access to it and Mm -hmm. not having these milestones that they need to hit before they can get any type of investment. And in full transparency, iFund Women also offers grant programs. And we were working with a partner on a grant program. I believe the the minimum revenue requirement was 100K. And our community was like, hey, none of us can can reach that. Like, what what are you this this isn't helpful to us. And so we've completely taken down our our annual revenue requirements on our grant programs. And I think that's another example of like we are all just figuring it out. You know what I mean? Right. So like take the feedback, make the adjustment and, and, and grow from there. But I'm I'm definitely eager to see the focus change on really financially supporting early stage entrepreneurs from the get-go. So let me just make sure I have this clear. So with grants, you're saying that there was a kind of like for a person to apply to a grant through the program it would, or through your platform, it would be like you have to have be making this much in revenue. So you're already kind of successful. It depends. I mean, everything's relative, right? Exactly. But so now that's lowered. Yeah. Because when people are crowdfunding, like sometimes they're not making anything, you know, or very little, you know? Exactly. However, so when I talk about tying this into my conversation about how you're going to need to prove out some type of traction, crowdfunding is that traction. Right. And even if you even if you don't have customers yet, but you're able to say like, I was able to raise $25,000 from 200 people. Now I just need this grant would help me do XYZ. That's the proof and the traction that you can use. But those are for the people who are probably at 25k um, in annual revenue. Right. So, <clears throat> okay. So with your grants, we're not talking about just like I come to the platform and I'm like, Hey, I want a grant. Let me just apply and get a grant. There's still kind of a process and that you have to go through for that. Is that correct? No. So you can go on ifedwomen.com and apply to any of the grants. There's just an application in there. We introduce new grants throughout the year. I think right now the the one that we have live is with Jane Walker mm-hmm. um, across multiple business sectors. So yeah, you can just go on and apply. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to highlight that because that is something big for women of color, um, women in general, but you know, for sure for women of color. And I think that was a big shock for me when I was doing a, I was doing, I was on a, what what do you call those platform? 
um, like in a conference last October and I was talking about crowdfunding and I was just like, when I was kind of digging through the entrepreneurial numbers, I was like, okay, so wait a minute, we're the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, black women, but our average, like if you're like a, you know, you have some type of service, our average is making like 24,000 annually, like in comparison to like what, like our counterpart, like a white woman would be making. And it was kind of jaw dropping. So we're the fastest growing, but we're also closing the fastest because we don't have the support. And this is just one part of the conversation. There's other parts of, you know, other types of support as well, but I won't, uh, you know, drag us, (laughs) drag us into that. (laughs) I won't drag us into that. Hey friends, just taking a quick break here to say thank you for being a listener of the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. You are such a valued member of this community. I launched this podcast for you. I want Black women and women of color to know that they have a place to go where community is a priority and they have a resource for practical tips, advice, and mentorship. Mentorship in particular is very important to me as I believe it's the lifeblood of all growth. One of the ways that I provide this for my community and for my clients is through one-to-one coaching and mentorship in my program, Brilliant Business Momentum. BBM is for the woman who is looking to create solid foundations and structure in her business, who doesn't want to go it alone and who sees the value in having accountability. I truly believe that having strong foundations and sustainable momentum are two key factors in having a successful business in the online space. And I've found for myself and my clients, the fastest way to get there is through one-to-one coaching and mentorship. So if you want to build momentum and set yourself up for success, get in touch with me at Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com or by visiting my website at khalidadubos.com slash coaching. We'll make sure the links are in the show notes. And now back to our show. So let's talk a little bit about myths because I think that Typically, when I talk to people about crowdfunding, even people in my family, after all these years, they're still kind of confused about everything when it comes to crowdfunding. But we have a lot of business women who are listening to this. So business women typically have some experience around marketing and know that it's not usually just, let me slap something together and then the money's going to flow. The magical elves are coming, you know? Um, (laughs) So myth number one, crowdfunding is cheap and and or inexpensive. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can explain it a little bit more. My my thinking. Yeah, please. From from what side? <laughs> yeah. So typically, what I see is, and I think in a service base, it can be a little bit less expensive. But a lot of times, when people would come to me, they would be like, "All right, I just want to do a plat." You know, kind of like we're saying, I want to just do a campaign, and I'm going to raise all this money. And nobody thinks about some of the marketing stuff that has to go in that. So it's not just 100% free. So maybe I should have just said free, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not free. It it takes an investment. But the beauty of crowdfunding is um, you're immediately getting a return on your investment. And you can factor that into whatever it is that you're raising. So if you know that um, to manufacture the the line of your product, your minimum order is 10K, then you're probably going to want to raise 15K to account for the marketing that's going to go into the campaign and, and whatever the other things are. So while it does take a, a, a minimal investment in the upfront, it's with capital. Um, as the benefit at the end, you're probably going to have to invest in the 
in a video. You probably should invest in some coaching. But again, those are all line items that you can factor into whatever your overall crowdfunding goal is. Perfect. Yeah. So it balances out in the end. Exactly. Basically. All right. So you only need an idea to succeed. I put an emphasis on only. <laughs> yeah, no, you need customers <laughs> um, and, and you need revenue. The, the truest sign of a successful business is they're making money. It's not even that they were able to raise millions and millions of dollars of VC. It's is that business making money. And so um, I think that you can, you can have an idea all day, but if nobody's interested in paying you for that idea, then it is not yet a business. All right. Yeah, I 100% agree. So the crowd is, and we kind of talked about this, but I'm going to say it anyway for emphasis. The crowd is out there waiting and the, and I'm going to add to this, the platform will supply my donors. Oh, yeah. Uh, so no, one of the first things we talk to our entrepreneurs about is the fact that the majority of the people who invest in your crowdfunding campaign are going to be people that you know, or people who've been exposed to your brand before. And so that's why the building of the community, the building, the digital footprint is so important because it takes five to seven touches to convert somebody. And you don't want that process to start when you launch because now you've only given yourself a 30 win 30 day window to to accomplish those touches to try to get them to convert and so you definitely definitely want to be building your community and and figure out who that community needs to be you don't just need anybody you need the right person like if you're really focused in solving problems for moms with kids between the age of three to six, then you need to surround yourself with a whole lot of moms that fall within that target audience. And then who are some of those like second degree people? Like who supports moms? Where do moms spend their time? Who are potential partners that you could be leveraging and building your network in that arena as well? So there, once again, there are no magical money elves and the platforms do not provide the funders. Right. Oh man. That's, that's, I will tell you when I first crowdfunded, I was this person. I was like, okay, I'm going to crowdfund. And I wasn't even crowdfunding for business, but I was like, I'm going to crowdfund. And I just want to do something. I didn't want to write any more checks. So I was actually doing this for like a charity that I love um, from a, you know, he's a good friend now, the CEO of this charity. And I just remember him saying, well, how are you going to raise money? And me being like, I don't know. Tell me. He's like, that's not how it works. Like you came and volunteered for us. So then I was like, maybe crowdfunding, because I used to tell people to crowdfund, but I would never do it, you know? And so I remember typing up my, um, just my kind of story on the platform and hitting submit. And then they had a process where they had to like, you had to have a phone call with them. And then the coach talking to me, you got like this 30 minute coaching for free. And the coach being like, you're not ready to launch. Like who, who's gonna, and I'm like, aren't you guys going to like send out an email or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how I thought that, but um, that was not what happened. And I did end up, I was only trying to raise 6,000, but I ended up raising 16,000. And yes. right. But I was just like, Oh my God, this is, I wouldn't say it's so involved, but I would say that like, it does take a lot of um, just persistence, you know, it's a full-time job. Right. It's, you have to be so persistent and there, there's just like those moments, you know, where it's just kind of like, 
I, I think I had like three days in a row where I didn't get a donation. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, like it will test you and put you on a mo- an emotional roller coaster, but it also expands your capacity and belief in yourself. Like right. it, uh, one of the conversations that we're always having with our entrepreneurs is it's so much more than just the funding. You're yeah. walking away with such a clear vision of where you're taking this business and the work that we make you do gets you really clear on how you're going to use these funds to the fullest extent. Um, and then just the belief and confidence in yourself is it's unbelievable to be able to look back and say, I did that. Right. Um, No, I was just going to add to that, like the exposure, like that you're exposed to your customer. You've been putting your brand out there. You've learned, you know, at least the, at the very least, the basics of marketing and you just kind of get to see all of the pieces together. You might still feel like a hot mess. (laughs) <laughs> but you get to see all of the pieces. And I think that's what freaks a lot of entrepreneurs out, that they can't see the whole pie. A lot of us are like, we like to zoom out and look at it, you know, and then of course you have to zoom back in and like do all the steps. But yeah, that's crowdfunding. I, I thought it was powerful for that reason. So this is a one that I really love. I can hire somebody to run the campaign for me. <laughs> mm, I love uh, that. You, you, you just can't. Um, and it's not, you're not going to outsource your CEO duties. Um, and, and this is part of that. That's not to say it's not really valuable to have a team and support system where you can outsource certain things, like get somebody to help you with the video, um, get somebody to help you with writing some copy, but the actual exercise of raising the funds, making the ask that has to be you because what people are investing in is both your vision, the product, the service, but also you. They're they're saying, we believe that you are the person to make this thing happen. We want to see you succeed. And so if they're not seeing you, it's like, well, well, what am I even investing in? Um, And again, it's like talking about it's about more than just the funding. It's like, this is an exercise that you need to go through as a founder. Um, you're going to learn your strengths, your weaknesses, your areas for opportunity, and nobody else can do that learning for you. Right, right. I, I of course agree. And I think it's just one of the biggest misconceptions. I've had more people than I can count get on the phone with me and be like, oh, I thought that you were going to cover this, like you were going to do this for me, you know? And I'm like, I'm always a little bit blown away by that. And I'm just like, okay, but this is like a brand new thing. Nobody even really knows what it is yet. Like, do you really want me to like stamp my vision all over something that I've just come in contact with? So very important. Do it on your own. I think it's, I think it's similar to when you're first getting your social media off the ground. It's like, I think that's another thing that people are very eager to outsource, but it's like, you haven't even defined the voice for this. It, forget even how it looks like I thought women didn't redo our brand until what was it like three and a half years in like I was making our graphics that is not (laughs) a good that's not a good thing but we were able to build a massive audience without the prettiest brand because we really clarified and defined what's our voice how do we deliver information what do we value what do we make sure what's our secret sauce how do you want to present it and that comes from you and then somebody else can come in and show you how to finesse it make it pretty and all of that but it really does have to start from you and i think crowdfunding is very similar to that right i i agree with that and i would just like to say i loved uh, uh, iPhone women's 
<laughs> graphics and stuff. Like I did see the rebrand, but I love them. I used to go on the page and like get inspiration and be like, yeah, this is so cool. You know, like I wonder, wonder who does their graphics, you know? And, but I'm, I agree with you. I, it's like almost like baking a cake and then trying to like put the frosting first. It's like, mm-hmm. we get the cake baked first. Like, yes. you know, like we gather all yes. the ingredients and bake it and then we'll worry about decorating it later. And that's just, I, I think that's just something new when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of, we always think about like what everything looks like on the outside. Cause that we're just kind of taught that way, you know, um, what does it look like on the outside? And I think even sometimes for black women and women of color, we've always been taught that we just have to be so presentable. Right. So it's mm-hmm. so hard for us to like do what we get taught a lot by like, white entrepreneurial males who are just like, Oh, just throw something together. If it's too perfect, then you spent too much time on it. It's like, okay, how do I get that to translate to what I've been taught my entire life, which is to look buttoned up. So I think a little bit of that, you know, kind of, um, worrying about the outside comes from that. I also think it's comparison. Um, I think that in entrepreneurship, you can get so caught up in comparing yourself to other people, but at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, the person that we're comparing ourselves to isn't even in our arena. (laughs) Like they, they have already gone through so much. You don't know the behind the scenes of what their brand first looked like, what they used to be doing versus where they are now. And so I think that's why, uh, particularly our iPhone women of color community is so powerful because we're able to connect our entrepreneurs with women who have done the crowdfunding. Now are in Ulta, um, done the crowdfunding, got um, VC investment from XYZ, so that they can hear the behind the scenes of how that actually happened, where that person started, and 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 the steps they took to get there, so that we're operating from a state of truth and reality versus like, well, they have X amount of Instagram followers and their brand looks like this. So I should just be able to make my brand look like that. And I'm going to get the same amount of followers uh, because that's just not how it works. Right. I agree. Comparison. Oof. I think it bites all of us at some point. (laughs) It does. It does. It's a guarantee. And I also think that I think rooting ourselves in, in, in reality of the fact that things that I can guarantee you, you're going to fail you're going to hear no countless times. You're going to feel anxious, tired, um, exhausted. You're gonna want to give up. But if you're rooted, if you're rooted in your vision, your vision and your mission and the value that you're looking to put out in the world, um, and also women of color are the most persevering um, women out there. You've got okay. this. You can do it. You just have to be willing to take the advice. And, and and do the work and, and get there. And that's something that we are more than capable of doing. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I 100% agree. I think the ingredients, you know, to anything, including crowdfunding, is just sitting down and getting that clarity, having the roadmap to get you there. You know, and a lot of times the roadmap includes some type of mentorship, you know. Asking for so, help. Right. So, you know, I know I'm kind of circling back here and away from our myths. I could, I could, you know what, let me throw in like one more and then I'll ask you this. Uh, let's see. I have a list here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many myths, so little time. We, well, we kind of, the cool thing is we kind of covered some of these in like our talks. So I don't even have to like throw them out there. Um, I'll ask this one. Endorsements from influencers equals automatic success. No. I mean, I think the influencer movement is interesting. I think that 
I think that it's a, it gets you further than top of the funnel, but I don't, I don't know necessarily, especially for crowdfunding, that it's going to get you the conversions that you're looking for. I do think influencers, particularly micro-influencers, are very valuable. But I also think that, like, again, the first time they hear about it shouldn't be the crowdfunding campaign. It should be an influencer that you've worked with before, um, that loves your brand, shares the value, and, and her community or their community themselves have heard them talk about it. And then when the crowdfunding campaign comes up, it's like, oh, yeah. I know this influencer loves this thing. Let me make sure that I check it out and support. Right. So basically more community building and making sure those relationships are established. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what I was hoping you would say, because um, I think that just the entire influencer community, the entire influencer movement, once again, any movement can be used wrong, but I think a lot of people just want quick and fast, quick and fast, quick Mm -hmm. and fast, you know? And it's like, look, a community is like, mining for gold. Okay. Once you strike gold, that's going to be great. Okay. So take the time to do the mining and then you'll have this community as long as you keep nurturing it. Um, and then anything you want to put out, there's going to be people, audiences within there who are interested. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Now I know your mom crowdfunded, um, (laughs) and raised $30,000 and just, you know, before we kind of head out, I just wanted to hear a little bit about her story, crowdfunding. And that's a pretty big Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, my mom is a goat for sure. She has been an mom. entrepreneur for the majority <laughs> of my life. And she, her story is a story of the, the community that I have been able to build. She has a wealth coaching business. She's written books, she had a radio show, so on all about teaching women how to build wealth by investing their money. She was a VP at Fidelity and wanted to take that information and expertise that she learned and make it accessible to women like her. And she would be out there at pitch competitions and so on and be pitching to um, panels of people who did not look like her and wasn't able to access capital. And it wasn't until she actually interviewed Karen Kahn on her radio show that Karen was like, we're going to help you crowdfund. Come to New York. We'll shoot your video. We'll get it done. This was in the the earliest days of iFund Women. And my mom was like, absolutely not. I've been through accelerator programs. I've been through whatever, whatever. I'm tired of people trying to sell me something that just doesn't work. I don't want to do it. Um, If you've ever met Karen, it's impossible to say no to her. Right. I can tell that um, through social media. (laughs) My mom found herself in New York shooting the video um, and ran the campaign. And that that exercise of crowdfunding, even be again beyond the funding, helped her rethink how she was doing her business tenfold. The way she had her business set up, and I think this is often um, how women of color set up their businesses, and why I think we we hit a ceiling is because our businesses are based on ourselves. If we are there to do the podcast, to speak at the event, to do the one-on-one coaching, that's not scalable. Um, and so she learned through that exercise a way to scale her business in, in a, in a uh, capacity that she had never thought of before. She had originally crowdfunded for an app. She ended up through that experience pivoting to do something else. She was still able to deliver all the rewards that she sold, but was able to use that capital to pivot the business into 
what it is today, which is a um, group education model, teaching women, empowering them to teach each other. And that was a product of what she had to go through in that crowdfunding exercise. That's amazing. And, and, and I wanted to, I basically wanted you to tell that story because for me, it's so important. I think one of the, ma- the major things is always going to be representation. Mm-hmm. We just need more women. We need to see more women of color. We need to see us doing it. And I, I think when we think about any kind of popular television, like, you know, since television started, what we were always shown was what we thought, you know, everything needed to, that's what success looks like. This is what successful people look like. And they weren't us, you know? And so now we're in this time where it's like, we have to be the people who show up and we're representing, like, no matter how scared we are, because we have another generation coming. And then they're going to have to do it too, because it takes several generations, you know? And I love, I wanted to particularly point out your mom's story because it's your mom. And the fact that your mom's doing these things and then like it led you to where you're at and now you're stepping into that, you know, it's just, to me, that's powerful. And I just, I really love that. So (laughs) yeah, it's legacy. My mom is definitely all about legacy. And I think the other piece there is we've been shown one definition of success. And I think we get caught up in that singular definition. I even think this, this really plays out in the funding space as well. It's like we've defined success as raising X millions of dollars in VC. The reality is only 1% of founders, regardless of the gender of the founder, raise venture capital. So if that's true, but that's the only story that's being told, it's like we're setting ourselves up for failure for something that isn't even statistically accurate for what success is. Um, and so I think it's more unique stories and, and then making them not unique of what it means to be successful and, and claiming that for ourselves. Yeah, I that's that's such a perfect way to say it. I, I couldn't say it any better. And um, yeah, I'm so... I'm so thankful for Karen for bringing you on. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like when I, I was following iFundWomen, but seeing a woman there and seeing you in, in a prominent position as like a GM, it really kept me coming back to the platform. You know, it kept, it kept me feeling like, okay, if I refer my clients over there, there's women over there who look like them you know, who can take care of them. And I think that's really important. We, we really, we really have to think about that in business. Like we, we need to, sometimes we need to use providers that look like us or who cater to our needs. So I will get off my soapbox and (laughs) (laughs) ask, um, where can people find you and iPhone women? Yes. So you can follow iPhone women on Instagram. Um, definitely one of the best places to stay in the know. Uh, you can follow me at Olivia L Owens and then head to iPhoneWomen.com. We have the first link there is called start your journey. And we tell you kind of what are the different tools and resources that we offer based on where you are in your business. And then if you are a woman of color entrepreneur, definitely apply to iFund Women of Color. You can do so by going to iFundWomen.com slash WOC. We would love to have you in that community. Um, And yes, stay in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I super appreciate having you here today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for nerding out on crowdfunding with me.
All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out and listening to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast today. And an extra special thank you to Olivia Owens for joining me. It's been a true pleasure. If you found today's episode helpful or had any aha moments, we would love for you to share them with us by sending me an email to Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com. And if you're loving the podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. It helps us to get more reach and make sure other women of color can hear this information as well. Ladies, this show is for you. So if there's a topic you're dying to be mentored on, or if there's a conversation you want to hear, let me know by sending me an email. We're dropping episodes every Tuesday, and we can't wait to see you back then. Thank you.